Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. While you were working, only on Money FM 89.3. Well, while you were working, there were a lot of political developments happening up north in Malaysia. Growing calls for Malaysia's Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin to step down. And news finally came that he and his cabinet tendered their resignation to the King Sultan Abdullah Ahmad Shah. Now, Mr. Muhyiddin will perform the Prime Minister's duties until his successor is appointed. Now, the question in everyone's mind is, what is next for Malaysia and who will be the next Prime Minister? Well, joining me on the line right now from Kuala Lumpur for an analysis on what's happening in Malaysia is Dr. Oe Sun, Senior Fellow at Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Good afternoon to you, Dr. O. Good afternoon indeed. It has been really a busy day. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. A lot of people are keeping an eye out for this one in Malaysia with the Prime Minister now resisting calls to resign up until, well, the news broke yesterday, right? What do you think changed his mind? Well, because he no longer possess parliamentary majority. And since Malaysia subscribes to the so-called Westminster system of parliamentary democracy, you could not hold on to power if you don't have the support of the parliamentary majority. So he chose very smartly to gracefully step down. So what's next? What's going to happen next? He's going to be the caretaker prime minister until a new prime minister is appointed, right? Well, the, according to the Malaysian constitution, the king would appoint a member of parliament mm-hmm. whom in the king's own opinion is very likely to command a parliamentary majority. That person does not have to have a, a majority support at the time of the appointment, but he or she should rush to parliament to uh, put forward a so-called motion of confidence. And if he passes that confidence motion, which means he has majority, he could continue to rule. Otherwise, that person, that new prime minister, would have to resign as well, and the process uh, would uh, repeat itself again. So how long of a time frame will this next appointed person have to form any kind of majority in parliament? Well, there's no set rule. Typically, I mean, according to unwritten constitutional convention, you should probably do it, uh, let's say, within a month, mm. hopefully within a week. But Mr. Muhyiddin, over the last one and a half years, can you imagine that, has uh, persistently refused to submit himself to such a motion of confidence. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so any strong contenders who might be able to form or, or at least convince more parties to form a coalition, to form a majority and become the next prime minister? Well, I think well, immediately uh, past deputy prime minister, Mohidin's deputy, who is from the AMNO party, Mr. Ismail Sabri, he very much would like to be the next prime minister. And from what I heard, as we are speaking, is scrambling around to get uh, support from various uh, members of parliament, such that you'll be able to convince the king to be the next prime minister. But of course, on the opposition bench, the long-time opposition leader, Mr. Anwar Ibrahim, Mm. too, it's uh, very much gunning to finally becoming the prime minister of Malaysia. But at the moment, from my understanding, Mr. Anwar doesn't have enough numbers to form a government. Will he be able, though, to reach out to other parties and get that number up? That's really the most important question now. It would appear that uh, he has close to a majority, but not quite. Mm-hmm. But of course, when the king appoints you, you don't really have to have the majority then. 
the, the king would simply have to view you as uh, most likely to command such a majority. And Sir Anwar would somehow have, in a sense, patch up with his uh, old rival, Dr. Mahathir, and a few other opposition leaders in order to garner all their support. Then he will be very, very close to the majority here. Okay, now let's look at the bigger picture outside of uh, the government or the parliament at least. What will this mean for Malaysia's political stability at the moment? Well, very ironically, with Mr. Muhyiddin's resignation, the political stability is in a sense restored because he ruled for quite a long time without, shall we say, legitimate uh, majority support. And that incurs a lot of uh, in, uh, political speculations and thereby instability. Mm-hmm. Now, it's simply whichever uh, leader from across the political spectrum who could master such a majority will become the prime minister. So I think we, we are, in a sense, more secure and more stable because it, it's no longer a constitutional crisis. Does this in any way affect the government's handling right now of the COVID-19 situation there and the vaccination drive happening in Malaysia? Well, in terms of the vaccination drive, I think it's uh, more or less uh, driven by the very competent and professional civil uh, servants. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, if you look at the larger picture of, uh, for example, uh, reviving the economy you know, uh, in, in the midst of this uh, pandemic and so on, yeah, that does need uh, a lot of uh, political leadership. So the new prime minister should be appointed uh, as soon as uh, possible. Yeah. One more thing uh, back to the Prime Minister Muhyiddin. So you did say that after one and a half years, he still struggled to have that legitimacy. How will his time in office be remembered then? Well, I think uh, he was sort of uh, considered a transitional figure. Mm -hmm. But apparently at some point he felt that he should be some he should be a prime minister who is more than a transitional one. Hmm. So he held on to power with various, uh, shall we say, constitution twisting means. Uh, and uh, that, unfortunately, uh, has been quite harmful for the health of uh, the parliamentary democracy in this country. So in that sense, I think he would not be uh, remembered quite uh, kindly. Okay, now uh, will the political outlook be brighter then for the second half of this year uh, moving forward, depending on who becomes the prime minister and if the, the person be able to form a government? Well, indeed, the next prime minister must be somebody who not only could command a majority in parliament, but should also be, shall we say, universally considered to be a competent prime minister in the sense that he could sort of form a cabinet of many uh, professional, at least appear professional appearing uh, colleagues who could be seen as being proactive in driving the combat against uh, the pandemic in trying to revive the economy and so on. The immediate past cabinet was no such cabinet. It was right. filled with uh, many political appointees who are really not well known for their competence. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for your analysis, Dr. O. Dr. O. E. Sun is a senior fellow at Singapore Institute of International Affairs, giving us his insights as to what's happening in Malaysia. You're listening to Primetime here on Money FM 89.3. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.